service of iHeartMedia Communities. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Number two, going to kick things off with a little MLB momentarily with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. We'll get into the Big 12 before, oh, the bottom of the hour. We'll get Matt Postens in here from HeartlandCollegeSports.com. A busy weekend in MLB. Dodgers and the Padres was incredibly entertaining. Baseball had the benches clear, had a game-saving, unbelievable play by Mookie Betts on Saturday night, and then a come-from-behind victory yesterday for the Padres, who felt like they really needed to get one. They needed to get past the Dodgers in their home ballpark because the sweep would have made it... All right, spent a lot of money, but you still got a lot of work to do. What was the losing streak? Up to eight straight games dating back to last season also, I Is believe that it, what was. it was. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, but a good come-from-behind victory yesterday. That's going to be uh, good. I it mean, was terrific, this, this team. They don't like each teams. other. You get that. You really do. Something to hang around MLB Network for a while in the evenings. And then uh, we'll get him on Sunday Night Baseball this yeah. coming week. Uh, let's get our friend Matt Snyder in here, CBSSports.com, as where you can read Matt as he covers MLB. And he joins us each and every Monday at this time. We're grateful for that. Matt Trenton, Ken, as always. Uh, Dodgers and Padres, a three-game set. I thought going into the weekend it was more important for the Padres than it was for the Dodgers. The Dodgers were threatening to sweep them in their own building. Then the eighth inning comes along. I believe it was Hosmer who tied it up uh, with an RBI and then a uh, another black. Maybe took the lead actually, uh, but regardless, the Padres needed to get one. Uh, Would have felt a whole lot different had the Dodgers come in and swept them. Pretty good series to start off this rivalry this year. Oh, it was amazing, and, and I think that if people didn't have the opportunity to watch all of it, they wouldn't have appreciated just how great the games were. I mean, you've got that marathon game on Friday night where there was so much back and forth, and it looked like the Potters going to win, and it looked like the Dodgers were going to win, and it went on forever. We get David Price driving home a run deep into extras. Then Saturday, Mookie Betts with a diving catch. Both runners would have scored if he didn't mm-hmm. catch it. It would have been a tie game. But the ball rolls up the heel of his glove, and before it hits the grass, he has the presence of mind to grab with his bare hand. I mean, that's... That's something that you just have to see to to recognize how great it is. And I agree that it was more important for the Padres to kind of take a bite out of the Dodgers and knock them back a little bit. And the Dodgers winning two of three, big picture, shows that they are still the best team in baseball. They are the Titan, everything else on the board there. But also, I feel like if you're the Padres, you can take some confidence away from this and say, look, we just got Tatis back. We don't even have Lamette yet in the rotation. And we were really, really close to sweeping them. It's a good place to be. And look, the Dodgers are just a behemoth. They, they are built differently here. Absolutely. But a young, brash team, somebody that you know, isn't going isn't gonna to count out to them. They, they're going to go out there. They're going to give it the best shot. One of my concerns, though, is this going from a fun, contentious affair to – Going over the top, and we saw benches clear. What was that? Friday night or Saturday? Friday. Friday night. Yep. 
is it evolves and, and devolves maybe into that. I don't like that part of the baseball. It, if it happens organically from time to time, but I don't know. Looking at this, and this is just from the outside. I haven't watched every inning between yeah. these two teams. It, it feels like that maybe the Padres are are doing just trying to do anything to to get in the side of the Dodgers a little bit. Do you see it that way? Not not just yet, but I can see where you're going. Like mm-hmm. the, the jerks and Profar, the catcher's interference thing. Yeah. I mean, come on. He mm-hmm. threw his bat into the glove. That's ridiculous. That was a ridiculous call. And, and Kershaw, you could see Kershaw yelling that was a BS swing, which is rare to see Kershaw get mad and come mm-hmm. like that right on camera. Uh, but then Profar started yelling right back at him. I On that play in particular, yes, I agree. Overall, I don't know. I, I like a little contentiousness and, you know, a little bit of, like, I, I don't like you because sometimes I, I feel like we see too much behind the curtain of how much guys are basically just friends and they're just playing. I think a lot of people like back in the old days when teams hated each other. Right. I feel like a little bit of uh, hatred is a little – it's it's, consider, it's entertaining. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm with you. and we, we see it all the time, right? The, the conversations at first base and uh, um, the shortstop or second base coming over when a guy gets – I'm with you. I like the fact that there's a, a little bit of uh, – not hatred, uh, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they're playing – that's a rivalry, and that's what it should be. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I got a little sick of Salvador Perez as a Blue Jays fan this past weekend, watching him do <laughs> what he did. Boy, yeah. oh boy! What look at that. they they re-signed him. He's obviously the face of the franchise now that Gordon's moved into retirement. The Royals find themselves in first place. They're off to a terrific start, best start that they've been off to since their World Series run, uh, mid uh, middle of the last decade. Uh, but this Royals team. We, Trent and I both felt that they're going to be better than I think most folks thought they were going to be, but they're off to a terrific start. Uh, what does this mean for this Royals team? Does this build their confidence? Can they? I'm not saying they're going to be there in the end, but um, maybe they've arrived sooner than we thought 14 games into the season? It's possible. I, I'm, I'm trying to like walk a fine line here because I picked them as one of my over picks, over 72 wins. I thought they were going to be better than that. Their over-under was 72 um, but they're not this good. So I'm trying to like, yeah, I, I, I knew that they could be exciting at times and I knew that they could win some games, but also like, yeah, settle down. They're not going to stay in first place for that long, but man, they've, I mean, they've, they've won some impressive series. Mm-hmm. They beat the Blue Jays and they've, they've beat the angels. Uh, they haven't lost the series yet. I believe they split with the white Sox, split with the Indians. They have not lost the series yet. They look really fun. Uh, to see Mike Matheny actually visibly having fun in the dugout is mm. something that none of us thought we would ever see. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, It's been fun to watch, but I don't think they have staying power in terms of like being close to the top of the division, winning the division. I don't think that, but high 70s and wins, maybe even low 80s if they hit their, their full upside. So they're in first place. The White Sox... Best winning percentage in the American yeah, League. Right. White Sox and Twins... Yeah. Or anticipated they're going to be there, and and I don't have huge concerns with the, either team. Though we can talk about the COVID part with the Twins here in a moment, but the Indians, Bieber is just ridiculous. <laughs> Jose Ramirez yeah. off to a bit of a slow start, but the rest of that offense struggles. What's more likely, the Indians are in this thing come September, or they're selling pieces at the end of July? I I feel like especially with the Twins being 6-8 and eight and having a COVID shutdown right now and the White Sox 
just being so inconsistent and having the injury issues, I feel like they're going to hang around just enough that they can't justify selling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like the front office would love nothing more to sell, especially <laughs> yeah. after they just traded Francisco Lindor for not that much. But I, I feel like this is exactly what we're going to get all year. They're 8-7. and seven. They've had exceptional pitching. They have terrible offense. And they're in a not very good division. This is just how it's going to be. There, there's so much topsy-turvy around the league where you see like the Yankees are five and 10. That doesn't make sense. Uh, somebody like the, the Giants are nine and six. The Mariners are 10 and six. There's so much that seems upside down, but the Indians are like the one team to me that is exactly what we thought they were going to be and exactly what they're going to continue to be. Uh, you mentioned the Yankees and their disappointing start, and it really is. Uh, they're in last place in the East. Is Aaron Boone in any trouble? Do you know what his contract status um I think he's in an option year after this one, so it wouldn't be, you know, not that the Yankees just can't write that check, but but um, if this keeps going the way it is, I mean, ultimately somebody's going to have to pay the price. Might yeah. Aaron Boone be uh, his, uh, at the very least, his seat is getting a little bit warmer? Yeah, absolutely. I In the near term, I think he's fine. Uh, this is an incredibly streaky team. At one point last year, they lost 15 out of 20, and then they won 10 in a row right after that. And the 15 out of 20 losses was after a 16 and 6 start. So they're, it's a streaky bunch. They could rip off a bunch of wins at any time. He's lucky that old George is not mm. still alive and in charge yeah. because he would have been fired already. Yeah. <laughs> but the way they run things nowadays, I think he's okay in the near term. But as you said, if this continues and if they end up being really bad all year, oh, he's absolutely gone at the end of the year. Uh, I think he's got the season. Or, or, I mean, I guess it could be. If if we get into July and they have the worst record in the American League, I guess he could be gone now. But I don't think that Brian Cashman or ownership is going to react to a 15-game sample the way that old Big George would have. Patriots Day in Beantown, and a great start for the Red Sox as they have chased Giolito out to an 8-1 lead in that one. Staying power for the Red Sox team, I'll be honest. I saw their win total right around 500. I think it was 81.5, and and I scoffed at that. This team's going to be brutal. No chance. Red Sox for real? Uh, It depends on what extent we want to say. I I don't think that they're going to be like the ALA's champion or anything. Mm -hmm. But, well, geez, I mean, if the Rays and Blue Jays and Yankees are going to continue to scuffle and be uninspiring, maybe they would. But I thought they had a high upside capability offensively, and they are showing that. I mean, Bogart's endeavors are very underrated. J.D. Martinez had huge bounce-back capability because he's 33, he's not 38. Uh, so I thought they had good offensive capability. I just didn't know about the pitching staff. And I still don't. I think they're going to be really inconsistent pitching-wise. But remember, they get Chris Dale back at some point, coming off Tommy John surgery from last year. Uh, if they hang in it into July, it'll be very interesting to see what Chain Bloom does at the trade deadline. Former Rays executive, he's never really let loose with the purse strings money-wise. We've seen what Andrew Friedman can do once he went from the Rays to the Dodgers and the ownership said go nuts with payroll. It's possible Red Sox ownership says go nuts with payroll. I know they just traded Mookie Betts. Um, but maybe now that they, they kind of altered things, maybe they let loose and say, hey, go for it. If that's the case, I, I'm very interested to see what they could pull off. They, they're they one of the more intriguing teams to me. 
Uh, let's go to the National League Central, where the Cubs find themselves in last place. Uh, the Cardinals got Nola yesterday. Boy, he was unbelievable, Aaron Nola, for the for the Phillies as he shut them yeah. out, struck out uh, double digits. Not sure what the number is. Brewers outfield is banged up. Uh, Yelich now on the IL. Um, he's not the only one. Um, this 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 central division in the National League, as A-Rod and Viscargin pointed out repeatedly on the telecast last night, at least they're in the right division. Someone is going to win. Cincinnati yeah. leads the way right now. If you're a Cubs fan and you look at this team not hitting, although Saturday they had all those home runs, uh, but still... Um, if you're a Cubs fan, you have to be thinking that, uh, speaking of sell-offs that we just talked about, that maybe yeah. this team's going to be gutted before the calendar even turns to July. It feels like the end of the road, for sure. And you could do the glass half full thing and say, Hendricks has been terrible so far. The offense has been as bad as it could possibly be, and they're still only three games out. You could do that if you wanted. Uh, they've also played the Pirates six times and went three and three in those games. And if you look at the upcoming schedule, it's brutal. Um, it, it really does feel like the end of the road. And if if they are out of the race come July, you're you're looking at some a, a harsh dose of reality in terms of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez being free agents at the end of the year, Kimbrel with an option. Who you if of those four, Kimbrel might be the one who gets the most yeah. because relievers tend to move the needle a lot in July. Um, and then, uh, honestly, as, as good as Wilson Contreras has been, he's under team control through next year. He might be the big fish, actually, uh, in terms of the trade market. And when you talk about that, like I said, it's a harsh dose of reality because the main core of the World Series that's still around is Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, and Hendricks. Um, and you're talking about almost all those guys being gone. But at the same time, like I said, it is reality. I, I don't see it anymore with this group. It's it's stale. Something's just not right. Let's go to the birdies on the bat. Down in St. Louis, Yadi Molina, of course, a power hitter now. Four <laughs> home runs already this season. <laughs> I I just don't get it. I, I look at, follow the Cardinals uh, account there, and the tweet comes out every day with the lineup, and there's Matt Carpenter batting in the five hole. So this is what he is this season, 2021, including spring training. Four of 66 mm. with 25 strikeouts. Finally got a hit the other day. It was against the shift and he just bunted. That is one of two hits during the regular yeah. season. Uh, why, Unreal. How can you play this guy? I understand money, but come on. I, I don't have a good answer for that. I would like to offer up. Have you seen his, his hit chart? The graphs, we know where they put the dots. Yeah. It's amazing. Because one's a home run and one's a bunt. So there's just two <laughs> dots on there. <laughs> I gotta look that but one up. I, I I I don't have a good answer for that. Uh, speaking of things that are broken and just aren't working, that's that's not working at all. Now, a lot of their offense isn't working, other than Yachty, which it makes no sense whatsoever. I do expect Goldschmidt to pick it up, um, but they they also have been pretty uninspiring overall. Yeah, the whole division has been, and Matt Carpenter, by the way, yeah. still, he's uh, he's he's uh, on the hook this year. The Cardinals are for eighteen million five hundred this year, and the same again oh. next year. Uh, unbelievable. So let's stay in the division. I still think uh, that the Brewers are the best team in the division. I think you're right too. Uh, the injuries have hurt them. The front two at the top of that rotation, as good as you get. The bullpen is solid. 
It just feels to me, uh, Matt, that when it's all said and done, that the Brewers are going to be on top of this division. I, I don't have a great argument against that. Um, the Reds look great at home. Mm. They did not look great on the road when they had to play some road games, but they've been very good at home. Uh, still feels like the Cardinals have a little bit more. Still feels like the Cubs should have a little bit more. But like I said, both those teams also, also have kind of a stale feeling. Uh in the Brewers right now, yeah, they just lost the series to the Pirates, but Wong's hurt, Kane's hurt, Yelich is hurt. I feel like when they're at full strength, yeah, I probably don't have a great argument against that. I will say that it might be 85 wins that pulls it off in this division. It's just wholly uninspiring. Finish up with uh, the Twins, and not really the Twins as they're on the COVID pause, but more Major League Baseball as a whole. I'm surprised, and as teams have been, become vaccinated, I know it's not everybody. I think that number was 85% where you can open up a lot more of the activities. Do you think this is going to be the last kind of widespread outbreak we've seen, or is this something we're still going to be dealing with throughout the summer with Major League Baseball? Um, I would love to say yes. I was just about to say yes. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt like the one, whatever team it was before that i think it was nationals i would have uh-huh. said yes to that and so right. i i'm we i think we'll probably see another one unfortunately well i mean we've had the astros too haven't we so um yeah we'll probably see another one unfortunately uh i kind of hoped that this was all in the rear view it looks like it's not um it, i i tell you it's going to be tough for the Twins to make these games up mm-hmm. because heading out to Anaheim, that's not <laughs> really easy in looking at their schedule moving ahead. And I found like six mutual off days between the Angels and the Twins where the Twins can fly there and it would play a doubleheader, but it was stuff like they'd fly in from Baltimore, play a doubleheader, oh. and then fly out to Boston oh. and stuff like that. So it's, it's going to be annoying to get those in. So, Gosh, I really hope we get it all under control, and this is it. Unbelievable. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I watched, uh, speaking of the Astros, I watched Zach Greinke on Saturday night against Seattle. That was unbelievable watching this guy pitch. When he's on, he doesn't throw it like he used to, but you see him at the 68-mile-an-hour curveball and changing speeds. He was dealing on Saturday night, no doubt about that. Uh, Matt, we appreciate it. Really is like, I was going to say, one of my favorite players of all time is Greg Maddox, and while yeah. I love power pitchers and you love to see somebody like Scherzer or Cole or DeGrom when they're locked in just blowing guys away, there really is something beautiful about the artistry of somebody who's not throwing his heart, just working a team over. That's a great point, and he certainly was on Saturday night. Fun, fun baseball game. See, that was good to watch uh, as well. Matt, we'll talk to you in a week's time. Uh, thanks for doing this for us. We look forward to uh, our next visit. All right, have a good one. Yeah, we do the same. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we talk a little MLB. What's the Braves' odds? Braves' odds to, to win the division? Win, uh, give me to win the National League. What this National- team's talented. They are. Acuna. Yeah, that was disappointing. He got uh, hurt sliding into mm-hmm. um, he's, he's, what's, what core muscle, I think they said when he left the and game those last are night. Bad baseball injuries. Uh-huh, if you talk about sapping sure. power. That is in a big way. All right, let's bring up MLB as we go to our friends at DraftKings. Team Futures. Because Albies is hurt too, is he not? Yeah, yeah, he is. To win the World Series, 11 to 1. Yeah. To win the National League. Six to one. Hmm, that's not a big enough price. Win the division, plus one seventy five. Mets are still the favorite. Hmm. Plus one twenty five. They got a lot of talent. That uh, that that uh, 
Bravo's team, I think. Let's Not just a- based on last night either. I think they're good. National League Central odds. The betting favorite right now is? Well, it should be the Brewers, but it's the... Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah. You sound disgusted over there. Well, the Cardinals can't... I don't think they can win. I know the Cubs can. The Pirates actually feel like they're better than they are. They're 80-1. to 1. The Pirates are? And I... I might throw a couple... Of bu- to, to what? 80-1 to 1 to what? To win the division. Are you kidding me? Is it that, that division? Isn't that worth three bucks yes. to win two forty? Yes, I think so. This division, you it sure might it's not be, eight? It's eight. I'm looking right now. Cardinals plus one eighty five. They're the favorites. Yeah, I'm already invested in them, and then I do not want to add anything uh-uh. to that. Brewers two to one. Okay, it's down from three. Reds plus two twenty five. Mm-hmm. Cubs seven to one, and the Pirates at eighty to one. It's happening live on the radio right now. You're firing <laughs> three bucks to win two forty three. Uh, yeah, we're doing it. Pirates, big Bucko fan over here. Trent, they're better than I. Th- than yeah, they're they played the Brewers up, tough. They played the Cubs tough. Yep. They're going to be sixty nine and ninety three probably ultimately. But is Charlie Hayes kid back? He got hurt in the first series did. of the year. I haven't seen if he's back. Now. They would they play the Reds this weekend? Uh, no, uh, Brewers. Brewers this weekend. Yeah, didn't see much of that one. I was more on the Royals this weekend. Yeah, so was I. Stinking Royals. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, Royals can pitch. Yeah. Royals can play some defense. Timely hitting. What are they to win the division? Oh, let's go to the American League Central while we're here. White Sox are your favorite, plus 105. Mm-hmm. Twins right behind them at plus 110. And then the Indians. Plus 850. Royals are still 17 to 1. And that's why I grabbed them to win the division as opposed to the playoffs because you can get them a forty-one before the year. Royals add a little bit more at seventeen to one. You have to go to your desktop. You can't do it on an app. No, okay. <laughs> Anyways, we'll come back. We'll talk Big Twelve. Uh, we have not ignored, but we have uh, not a lot of time for the Big Twelve. We'll rectify that. We'll get into Iowa State tomorrow uh, with our buddy from Two Forty Seven Sports, Michael Swain, will join us from Cyclone Alert tomorrow. Uh, about the uh, earlier in this, about eleven oh five. Miller and Condon till noon, fourteen sixty. Cakes and Owen, one oh six FM dot com. You can see it, picture it. The building you've always wanted, an expansion of your existing business, a new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at graphitegrbar.com. Welcome back, 1460, KXNO 106.3, just when we says kind of quiet on the Iowa State front. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. So now down to one scholarship left. TJ Otzelberger and company strike again as they dip their toe into the transfer portal. Tristan Inaruna, who had been speculated, Michael Swain at 24-7 Sports, has been all over that one for a couple of weeks. Transfers from Kansas, from the Jayhawks to the Cyclones, 
One scholarship left. Will it be LaRon Fletcher from Kentucky, who seems like the other name that's been uh, associated with Otts and Company? So Iowa State building that roster up there, going to sell a ton of programs. <laughs> who are these guys? Unbelievable. I hope they get the same thing going at Iowa. You need to sell a lot of programs, uh-huh. a lot of opportunities. We're going to talk some Big 12 with our friend Matt Poston, Heartland College Sports. Uh, as always, Matt, thank you for doing this for us. We certainly appreciate you coming on. A lot of ground to cover basketball uh, in the Big 12. Uh, Tanner Groves is a Sooner. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, T.J. Otzelberger strikes again, and this staff at Iowa State is is building that, rebuilding, retooling that roster. Uh, he had a lot of opportunities to sell, a lot of minutes to uh, to divvy up, and it seems like that's a message uh, that uh, potential recruits want to hear. Uh, and he's done it again. What your thoughts, Matt? Well, I, I think he's he's doing a pretty good job. You know, when you consider that, uh, you know, we're about a month in now, you know, right right at a month since he was hired, and you know they they lost seven right players to the transfer portal. Uh, Anna Rune is a nice get because I know that uh, they were a little disappointed at Kansas that he chose to ch- chose to go into the transfer portal. They felt like he could be a potential starter for them at some point down the line. So when you combine what, what Ops has done with the transfer portal with, you know, the recruiting class they have coming in, they've got a solid recruit coming in from the Wisconsin area. You know, it's a it's a good class. I I, I don't know if it elevates them, you know, much farther up the conference standings next year. We'll see. But uh, I, I think at least they're working toward making this team a little bit more competitive next season. It's a good step, at the very least, and you're right. Getting Tyrese Hunter is still the young point mm-hmm. guard from Wisconsin. That's the biggest get out of all these. All these other pieces are yeah. certainly going to be question marks. But they should win a game or two. Yes, yeah, improvement <laughs> will be there. They should have won a game or two this That's year. Too, yeah. There was more than enough talent to win a game or two in the Big 12. The thing that we continue to wonder about, on-the-job training for T.J. Otzelberger, making this jump up, Going from the Summit League to the Mountain West and now to the Big 12. X's and O's wise, Deaconot's out of the mix. Who's the mark? Who, who's the, I guess, worst coach, number nine, taking Otzelberger out of the mix, out of this league? It, it's hard to learn on the job. It, it is hard to learn on the job. And, and Mike Boynton has to do it yeah. uh, for a few years uh-huh. there at Oklahoma State. And. You know, he's he's done a really good job of, you know, not just recruiting, but, you know, being able to to show that he understands the X's and O's of the game, understands how to manage the game. Uh, His improvement as a coach has been tremendous, I think, over the past four years. And if there's a blueprint to go by uh, in terms of Otzelberger adjusting to coaching in the Big 12, because it is different than the Summit League. It is different than the Mountain West. Uh, His reputation has been built around being able to recruit uh, you know, he had a great class he was sitting on at Las Vegas before he came to Iowa State. So I'm interested to see his growth as a coach, X's and O's wise. But if you're looking for a template, a young coach who, you know, came into the Big 12 first, you know, first big coaching job for Mike Boynton in the way that he's developed over the past four years, if Otzelberger can develop, develop into that kind of coach, then I think Iowa State's going to be a lot better, a lot faster. I have no idea about Mark Adams, the new Texas Tech head coach. Um, uh, so maybe that would be the answer. I, I don't know. Defensive guru is, is kind of his is? calling card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah, see. Well, well, here's the thing about here's the thing about Adams. He's won 522 games as a head coach. He's just never done it at the D1 level. Gotcha. So he's 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 been everywhere you can think of in West Texas, and he always wins. Uh, 
Uh, he, he joined Beard's staff at Little Rock, went with him to Texas Tech. He's a Texas Tech guy. He graduated from there, so he's really mm. invested in them being a good program. So, you know, the X's and O's part, I'm actually not as worried about that with him because he's been there and done that. I'm more worried about the recruiting part. Yeah, That's gotcha. actually the thing that concerns me more because um, they, you know, Chris Beard took his best recruiter at Tech with him to Texas. Mm-hmm. So that's the bigger concern for me at this point with Texas Tech. I'm less concerned about X's and O's than I am about recruiting. Uh, it, it seems like uh, Beard has uh, already elevated that Texas program uh, just with the with the roster he's building there. We know the guy can flat out coaches. You know what off? Does it feel to you that? Like Kansas is still Kansas, I get that. Um, but does it feel like maybe Texas has closed the gap as to where they fit in in the conference? And if they haven't yet, seems like that process might not take very long. Well, I think the guys they brought in from the transfer portal. I think they're they're very strategic. They brought in a guard from Kentucky who you know didn't score a whole lot, but started like twenty games for them. Uh, they just brought in that really good uh, transfer from Crichton. They brought in a mm-hmm. forward from Utah and Timmy Allen, who I think averaged 15 or 16 points a game. And then, you know, they they flipped Jalen Tyson from Tech to Texas. The thing we still don't know about Texas next year is we don't know about Matt Coleman and we don't know about Jericho mm-hmm. Sims. These are seniors who can come back for another year if they want to due to COVID. We also don't know if Courtney Remy is going to declare for the draft. We know Andrew Jones is coming back. We know Jace Febris is coming back. So they're going to be talented at Texas, even if those other guys don't come back. I think the real question is going to be, you know, how quickly Beard can put all the ingredients together. And he's usually pretty good at putting those ingredients together quickly, but... You know, it's Texas, so the dynamics are always a little bit different. Indeed. Let me ask about Matt McClung, who was uh, hit some huge shots uh, in his Red Raider days. He's in the portal. He did list. McClung listed Texas as one of the schools that he's down to. What's the likelihood that he follows Beard to Austin? I think it's possible. Um, you know, here's a kid who who's already transferred once. Uh, he may just want to play for Chris Beard again. And let's not forget, he's he's in not just in the transfer portal, he's also in the NBA draft pool, although I think he's just doing that to get his report card and he'll come back. Um, I think Texas would be a great place for him. But, you know, I, I think he's probably waiting to hear what Matt Coleman might do because if you think about it, an, an offense where you have Matt Coleman and Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones and Jace Febris and Matt, Matt McClung, it sounds really great on paper, but there's only one basketball to go around to five very talented guards. I, I don't know how that would mm-hmm. how that would work in reality. The Kansas Jayhawks are going to look so much different next year. I believe they have five kids that are committed that were high school prospects. They bring in, of course, Yesifu from here at Drake. They're bringing in the kid that was a D2 All-American, Cam Martin. They got the kid from Creighton coming in, and they're still out there looking at the Marcus Cars of the world and many other this roster turnover by Bill Self, what do you read into it? What do you read that I mean, it looks like they're just basically flipping the whole thing over a program with that much success, a down year for them? What do you see, what do you see from Self and company? Well, he said after the NCAA tournament loss that they had to get bigger and they had to get longer. And I don't necessarily know if the moves that they've made to this point are making them bigger and longer. I think what's What's really driving this is you look at all the players that are in the transfer portal. They're all backups. They're all younger guys. They didn't play much this year. You know, self, you know, use a very small bench. And I don't know if that was frustration on those kids' parts when they put their names in the portal or if they're just, 
not sure what's going to happen with the NCAA investigation once they finally make a decision about what they're going to do. But, you know, five Kansas kids being in a transfer portal, that's a big deal when you consider how stable that program is from year to year. I think he's done a good job of cultivating some talent that can help them. But I think he really has to hope that Ochai Agbaji comes back Mm -hmm. next year. Uh, He's in the NBA draft pool. Uh, I think he's just dipping his toe in the water. But he might stay in the draft, depending upon the report card he gets. If he comes back, I think they have a a chance to be a very good team. But I I don't think, at least on paper right now, I don't think they have the chance to be a great team right now. Uh, Matt Postens is our guest. You can follow him on Twitter, at Postens Postcard, at Postens Postcard, writes for Heartland College Sports. Uh, Tanner Groves is a kid I really like. In fact, I was hoping Fran McCaffrey would get involved with him. Uh, one of the uh, one of the faces of the tournament, the run that Eastern Washington went on, what he did against Kansas. See, I was in a losing effort, but boy, oh boy, him and his brother were terrific in that game. Porter Moser's got a commitment. So two-parter. Moser, we uh, we we haven't spoken with you since uh, he got the Sooners gig, and then uh, and and uh, the newcomer um, in, in Mr. Groves, who will now be a Sooner. Well, you know, I think that uh, the time was now for Porter Moser to get a high level job if he wanted it. You know, he's been at Loyola Chicago ten years, had a lot of success there, a Final Four, a Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I think Oklahoma is a good job for him, uh, just because it's a, they've got a lot of support within that program. Um, he was supposed to get a full cupboard and he did not get a full cupboard at all. Um, seven or eight of those kids either transferred or headed for the NBA draft. So he's kind of starting over. So luring a couple of kids like Jacob and Tanner Groves down there to build around, uh, that's a big deal. Um, I think both of those guys can actually have a really good, uh, place in the uh, in the conference. Uh, they're just those type of players that really, you know, tend to be successful. Uh, especially Tanner Gross. I, I think he. I think he gives them. I think both of those guys give them building blocks to build around. Uh, now he's still got a lot of things left to do. He signed a kid on signing day that I that I like. I can't recall his name, but uh, uh, a guard. So uh, I'm interested to see how many more transfers he's going to bring in and how much more he might build around. Uh, recruiting uh, in terms of bringing in freshmen because um, at a program like Loyola Chicago, you have to bring in guys that are younger and develop them because you, you're not really competitive in the transfer portal. Uh, Oklahoma is a different breed of cat. You can be competitive with the, uh, you know, the Tanner Groses of the world in the, tan- in the uh, transfer portal. But, but you know, there, if you look at that roster, if I'm a kid, I'm like, there's not a whole lot to build around there if I want to win right away. They might need a year or two to get back on their feet. You know, Brady Max now at North Carolina. So their their top three yeah. scorers probably will not be back next year. So uh, getting these two kids from Eastern Washington, that's a big deal for them. Uh, and last thing, since you cover the Cowboys, Cowboys Maven, which I now believe is part of Sports Illustrated, Jerry Jones came out uh, early last week uh, just raving about Kyle Pitts. Why wouldn't he? Um, Dallas sits at 10. Is there a chance that uh, that that is a legitimate target for Jerry Jones? Is there a move forward in the draft in the Cowboys' future? I don't think there's a move forward. Um, I think they, I mean, they have the capital to do it, but I, I don't think they want to spend it. Uh, I think Pitts is a legitimate possibility at ten because Jerry likes shiny things. And because uh, Pitts definitely does have a lot of talent and has extraordinary athleticism. Um, defense is still very much on the table for them, too. Patrick Zertain, the second, could be a possibility mm-hmm. there. So could J.C. Horn uh, at South Carolina. 
I think it's almost as likely they might trade back because uh, there's been a lot of scenarios thrown out there about the Patriots trying to move up into an area where they can pick a quarterback, especially if it's Justin Fields out of Ohio State. If a guy like that were to fall to number 10, don't be surprised if New England comes to Dallas with an offer uh, to move up. Uh, that would only necessitate the Cowboys having to move back about five spots in the draft and would allow them to still probably get one of the two or three cornerbacks they're interested in. So Pitts is a possibility if they stay at 10, but if they they fall back to 15 in a trade, I don't think Pitts would be a possibility for them at that point. No, I don't either. Farley maybe because of his uh, injury and then opting out last year, he might be there, and he's another highly coveted corner as well. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. I love our conversations. Matt, thank you for doing this for us today. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Um, I still think, I mean, why is Atlanta not taking a quarterback at four? Matt Ryan still got a lot of good mm. years in him. Okay. Or maybe they, like me, think there isn't anybody they like at that time. Maybe that's it. But, Trent, if you, I mean, Atlanta, will they, will they be in the top five next year when they need a Matt Ryan, a replacement for Matt Ryan? Mm-hmm. But is it worth it to... Do you like Fields? Do you like Lance? I, I like Fields. I do not. No, I'm, I'm not a Lance guy. I like Fields. I know you don't like Mac Jones. No. Um, I don't like Zach Wilson. <laughs> I, I really, I think there are two guys I like in this draft of the quarterback position. Fields. In the first round. And Lawrence. Those are the two. Uh-huh. The rest of them... And Lance a, intrigues me. Sure. And I like Fields, too. I like, I'm, I'm, I like Zach Wilson way more than you do. Um... I don't know. If you're Atlanta and you're sitting with four, when are you going to get that opportunity again? Next year. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll uh, finish Might out the hour. Might be number one. Uh, do, you, do you have a game you like tonight? Uh, Are I, you going to watch the Fighting Illini spring football? No. It's BTN standalone. It's football on a Monday night. No, but watch practice. Full coverage tomorrow at 10. That's Maybe all not. you. <laughs> you do the heavy lifting there. Yeah, I I'm, I don't know. If, I'll try, I'll tune it in. I just. probably will. I'm not going to watch it, but if there's some kind of wrap up on BTN, I will watch that. You know what? If there is, text me so I don't have to watch that. <laughs> Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty kicks and a one oh. Masvidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. Round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 26 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out with the belt, you you win $130 in free bets. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets. If the contender of your choice wins, that's code KXNO to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing takes home the crown. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Get.com. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes. DJ Otzelberger down to one scholarship. Boy, he's been busy, that staff. Haven't they? That's great. That is. I would say I wasn't exactly blown away by the 
transfers that they got initially. Mm-hmm. This one intrigues me a lot. See, I like Kalsha more than you do. You do. Yep. Not a big... If he can shoot it just a little bit. Well, if he goes back to his freshman year, when he could shoot it. But that's the outlier. Even his uh-huh. high school career didn't uh-huh. shoot it like that. Two bad seasons collegiately, one good. He did. High he school, did. not a real good shooter either. Yep. We'll see. We will see on that end. It's good to see that Hinson's still a part of the team. He yep. hasn't gone anywhere. Um, look, it's, way, way, it's middle of April for crying yes. out loud. And there are still... A thousand kids still available in the portal currently. It's crazy, crazy, crazy numbers. You can find guys in the portal still that can help you. You're your up, team. friend McCaffrey. Yes. Uh, do happen. you like anything tonight before we run out of show? I uh, I absolutely love the Red Sox today. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Easy to say now. What are they in oh, front? Eight oh, one. Oh, that. Oh, that one's underway. Oh, yeah, okay. Imagine. Yeah. Uh huh. There wasn't I, any... I'm sure you liked the over as well. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nine to two. Lock that one in too. There wasn't anything that overly intrigued me on the baseball slate, so I'm, I might sit it out. I've been sitting it out more in baseball season. You know, for a long time, it had to have something. <laughs> Not that way. I just I'm being I'm picking my spots a lot better. Well, probably a um, a, a sign good of growth. strategy. No, you like to at think 41 so. years old. I'm finally growing a little bit. <laughs> uh, Brewers and the Padres is, has my attention. But doesn't start till nine o'clock. Right. Uh, St. Louis plays early. The Royals host Tampa. This I think it is Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. Are they getting this weather in Kansas City? I wonder. Oh, oh it I stops? wonder. No, eh, still flurries There's a little bit. Flurry. Just enough south that it probably doesn't matter. Maybe. Yeah. They'll get the game in. I hope so. I hope so. That's on tap tonight. Fighting Illini's practice as well. <laughs> that does it for you. A little bit. Maybe I'm going to do some studying on the FCS playoffs. Oh, because the uh, bracket's out? Bracket is out. South Dakota State, your number one seed. Any TV? ESPN 3. Okay, what about any TV at all? Semifinals, ABC and ESPN 2. Championship, big ABC. Outstanding. Uh, Murph and Andy in an hour. Fanatics at 3. Morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.